Welcome in everybody to the show that has no name, but it'll most likely just be the Carver 2X show. And I am your host. And uh, basically, I just want to start off this episode by explaining what's going on, what I'm going to be doing. This is primarily going to be a sports podcast from here on out. Uh, I'm probably sprinkling random stuff here and there just about life and what's going on. But currently, I'm going to be covering a whole lot of football for the next few months, (laughs) most likely until December, where I'll start discussing basketball and whatever big pop culture life topics happen in between then. I'll sprinkle a few of them in there, but... As of right now, it's it's gonna be a whole lot of whole lot of football stuff going on. So I just wanted to start there and just kind of explain what you're getting yourself into. Uh, whoops! I need to see the time, please. Okay, yeah. Excuse me. This is my first time back in the saddle for. <laughs> Probably two years, two-ish years, maybe something like that. Yeah, yeah, two years, because it definitely wasn't last year. So either way, got to knock the rust off a bit when it comes to doing a podcast again, because boy, it's been a long time. Yeah, since then, Patty Mahomes and the boys... Have won another Super Bowl. Hey, let's go, man. Shout out to the Chiefs, man. But that's not why we're here. We're not here to just do a Chiefs podcast and just pour love into the guys. There's already enough love out there. There's already enough Chiefs podcasts. There's already enough football podcasts with people who, and sports podcasts in general, and shows, and media, and blah, blah, blah. There's no reason to listen to me. I'm not I'm not a football basketball genius, former player, former coach. Hell, I'm not even a writer, right? I am simply just some idiot with an opinion and the ability to record a show. That's that's all this is. I'm not here to prove that I have insight <laughs> or give you any real like in-depth look on what this is like there are so many other people who are smarter and more talented and know more about sports than me but here I am I just want to preface everything also with that simply for the fact that I know there will be a lot of people who look at this and go, like, why why, why is he doing this? Why is he doing a sports podcast? Like, this doesn't make any sense. But if you know me, you know that this makes all the sense in the world for me to sit down and do a, a sports broadcast type of show. <clears throat> so that's why I'm here. I'm here to entertain and bring enjoyment and talk about a thing that so many people enjoy and love and hopefully just 
help take your mind off whatever you're doing. You're listening to a podcast in the first place. So obviously you're trying to get a little break, a little reprieve from whatever's going on in your life. And I'm, I just want to be here to provide that break, talk about some sports, talk about some nonsense, joke around and just have a good time and help you enjoy life a little, a little more. And if not, then you can always just turn it off. You can just turn the show off easy. Click, boom, bam, gone. It's out of here. You don't got to sit here and listen to this. It's been, let me check. It's been, it's been a few minutes of me just talking about nothing right now. (laughs) And I'm just, you know, have to ease myself back into, to this. And so I'm looking at my list right now because I had to, I ain't, I ain't back in the bag like that where I can just, I used to be able to just pull, pull the topics out of my head, pull them out of, pull them out of a hat. Now I can't, can't do that. It's been too long <laughs> since I was doing this for a couple months or whatever when I was doing that. But I did, first thing I want to talk about is I watched Hard Knocks. I watched the first two episodes. And I've never I never watched Hard Knocks before this. Never watched it before. I've seen I watched the Ravens parts, not even every I haven't I didn't watch every episode, but I've watched a couple of episodes of the Ravens Hard Knocks from 2001. I don't even know what's the original Hard Knocks. Like I really have no idea. Because, oh, the Ravens was, was the, wow, ew, ew, they did a 2007 Kansas City Chiefs hard knocks, oh my god, that has to be, that was, had to be such a disgusting team to, to follow, oh god, why, why would they, yeah, we went four into that, (laughs) that's the, oh, that's the Larry Johnson that's that crazy Larry Johnson season. No, it's not. Whoa. That must have been the year before. Ugh. Damon Heward. Oh, God. Okay, I'm off track. Either way, I'm going to have to cover that at some point, too, because that is so crazy that they did that. One of the worst teams I ever watched. I think I was 14 at the time. And that was a that was bad. Those were were dark, dark days. But that's besides the point. We are out of the darkness and into the light as Chiefs fans. Blessed be Patrick Mahomes the <laughs> second. So um, I watch Hard Knocks, and it's kind of awesome. Like it, the last thing I remember trying to watch the Cardinals. I think last year. I think I peeked into one episode for a little bit, and it just didn't do anything for me. And I think it just goes to show the star power that Aaron Rodgers truly carries. I mean, being in Green Bay can't be the most fun thing in the world. Like, being in Green Bay, I and I say that, and I live in Kansas City. I'm sure there's some people that be like, oh, you live in Kansas City. Like, that's not much better than Green Bay. It's a lot different than Green Bay. Like, I... Let's look up the population of Green Bay, Wisconsin. Because it just is so, when you really think about how 
like the escape velocity of Aaron Rodgers' star power is so crazy that he can live in Green Bay, Wisconsin and be so far and beyond one of the the most popular people in the sport, in sports period for 10 plus years living in a city of 107,000 people like that is so wild like that it's to put it in perspective the entire state of Wisconsin is 6 million people Chicago the city alone is what almost 8 million people Three million people. Okay, Illinois, New York is what I'm thinking of. But even then, Chicago being three million, two and a half ish, versus Green Bay, Wisconsin being five, the entire state of Wisconsin being five million people, should just go to kind of show you how ridiculous that is that a guy that lives that has lived in Wisconsin for the past what has it been 18 years can have such a high level of attractiveness star wise just gravity just magnetism where he just draws attention into himself just simply by being who he is it's it's pretty amazing to think how far he has created or how far he is taking the celebrity of being Aaron Rodgers out of Green Bay and into a world or at least a national platform that he's created for himself. He's a fu- he's a a superstar. He's a fucking like real life real deal like top tier celebrity type of just guy period without the football he hasn't been that great for a few years like the MVPs were what two and three years ago so the fact that he's he's like that he's created such a a fervor by going to New York. Could you imagine if Aaron Rodgers played for the Rams? Well, the Rams isn't a good thing because they were in St. Louis before. But could you imagine if he played in Oakland? Could you imagine if he played for the Jets his whole career, for the Giants his whole career, for uh, any major market teams? Texas, could you imagine if Aaron Rodgers had been the quarterback for the Cowboys his entire career? Could you imagine how mind-blowingly ridiculous his stardom would be? And now we're here. Now he's on the Jets in a big market, getting coverage, and we get to see him all the time. Like we're it's constant now whereas before, that's why it's so crazy to think that he's such a high tier like celebrity with all the star power and he was in Green Bay 
it's crazy. And now we're here and watching hard knocks. You really do see why you start to see why he just has magnetism is the best. It, it draws you in just who he is and the legend of A-Rod, Aaron. What uh, what did Stephen A used to say? That bad, bad, he's a bad, bad man. As, and now he, we're here where he's on the Jets. He's doing hard knocks. Bef- I feel like before he went on the Pat McAfee show, I didn't know anything about Aaron Rodgers whatsoever. Like, I don't think I knew a single thing except that he was the most talented thrower of a football that I'd ever seen in my life. Just the way he can drop a football into certain pockets is just, it's always been mind-blowing. Aaron Rodgers has always been one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch. It used to hurt to watch because Brett Favre, growing up as a, as a kid, Brett Favre was my favorite football player, period, to watch. I'm from middle America. We got a, a ton. We had Fox showed the Packers games all the time, so it was a ton of Sunday afternoon games, and I think Fox might have had Sunday night games back in the early 2000s too. But there was a ton of these moments where I watched Brett Favre, and then that whole story evolving and and the other thing, like all these things from my childhood and teenage years tying to Aaron Rodgers, like Brett Favre being my favorite quarterback. And then over the years, um, being a Vikings fan because of I loved Adrian Peterson so much that I watched as many Vikings games as I could and just having watching Aaron Rodgers once he came in, it was because what year was it that he finally started? He finally started in 08. So 07 was the year that Adrian Peterson came in. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. 07, rookie year, he came in and had 1,300 yards and 13 touchdowns. Like, it's fucking crazy. He averaged 100 yards and fucking, like, it's so, 98 yards. And basically almost a touchdown a game. And I used to, Adrian Peterson's the craziest one. But having all this stuff tied in together where I love Brett Favre. I didn't love the Packers. And by the way, I want to preface all this was, of yes, I'm from Kansas City. I am a Chiefs fan. And that's it. But... When you when you grow up with a team with your sports team being bad your whole life, it's tough. You 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 eventually at some point, especially when you're you start getting 11, 12, 13, 14 in that range where you start realizing that your team has been bad essentially your entire life, that you start to kind of like gravitate towards either other teams or certain players and I was a guy that gravitated towards certain players so you know Brett Favre Adrian Peterson the guy you know there's a bunch of guys I'm 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 simply stating all this because all of this stuff that were in my direct 
life of watching football, Aaron Rodgers was right there, right? And it's so crazy to think that watching Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers following up, and I just remember being like, wow, this, like, this guy's amazing. It's not like you, you, like, Green Bay was so lucky, so lucky that you turned around because what's Aaron, Aaron, his first year starting, 4,000 yards, 28 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. That's that is crazy. The fact that he didn't make the Pro Bowl with those numbers is pretty, pretty crazy too. But I guess '08 was a year where there was a lot of a lot of things going on back then. But like you just jump in and Aaron Rodgers is just great, essentially immediately. And now we're here. Now we're 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 crawling into the the ninth inning. We're crawling into the fourth quarter of Aaron Rodgers' career. And to see how excited that Jets fans and just people that aren't that don't care about the Jets are just excited for Rodgers to be in a big market, to be on a different team, to see how does this go outside of Green Bay where every year you lose to the 49ers <laughs> every year you win a playoff game you lose a playoff game and you don't make the Super Bowl for 10 years 12 years whatever it's been but it's it's so amazing to see to get to get insight to see Aaron Rodgers working with young guys on the team, working with the receivers, talking with with the line and also getting to kind of see some of the the weirdoness. I don't know, I have a better way. I'm a weirdo. So I Oh, look, he's a Sagittarius. I'm also a Sagittarius. It's funny, and I only halfway believe in that stuff, but that's a point for another day. The the thing is I, I I understand a guy being weird, you know what I mean. And sometimes people are just weird, and they're social. They're just a little socially awkward. And Aaron Rodgers is kind of that, where he's kind of he's got that virtuoso genius weirdo vibe, where he's a very intelligent person. Obviously, he's extremely intelligent, and. At the same time, sometimes that intelligence also can lead to kind of a uh, maybe difficulty in social interactions just simply based on um, people like some sometimes you, you, you don't necessarily maybe feel like people are too dumb to talk to. It's not necessarily that it's just sometimes you have a hard time locking in and enjoying the same things a little bit sometimes I think that's why you kind of see Aaron has a tendency to kind of lean towards uh to kind of toward lean towards celebrities because some of the celebrities kind of have the same thing going on they other people don't necessarily know kind of what it's like to even be Aaron Rodgers and 
I think that's why you get into this place where people kind of look at him like he's a little bit of an oddball and he is a little bit of an odd duck and there's nothing wrong with being a, a kind of an odd guy but you know so I watch Hard Knocks and uh, I see the Jets as a team that is going to struggle I do not see the Jets as a 13 and 3 or 13 and 4 whatever it is now I always get fucking confused 17 games so like a, I don't see them as a 14 13 12 win team I really see them as more of a I think they were what 7 and 10 last year and I, I think bringing Aaron Rodgers in can bump them up to probably a 10. They're, they're between staying the same and winning 10 games. I think Aaron Rodgers right now at 40 years old, <clears throat> excuse me, can give you three more wins just easily. Easily give you three more wins. But I, I don't see him give adding six more wins. The Packers have a pretty good roster. Like, Everybody dogged the receivers, but I think Christian Watson is pretty good. He Robert Tunyon, I think, is going to have like a, a – I think he could possibly – I'm pretty sure he's with the Bears. I think he could have a, a great year and a breakout year with the Bears. I think they had health issues with the offensive line last year with Bakhtiari being out and just the chemistry was off. But I they – what they go, 8-9? and nine? Let's see. Let's check it out. What'd they go last year? I want to say it was 8-9. They went 8-9, yeah. I I see the Jets winning 10 games and the AFC East getting three teams in. That's what I see. I see them winning 10 games. I see the Dolphins probably winning roughly 10 games. And then the Bills will be the Bills. They'll be great. They'll be in contention for the top three positions. But everybody is so excited about the Jets. And I am just not that excited to see the Jets I mean, I'm excited to see the team. I just don't think the team has the skill all put together. I think they have the pieces to make a run, to be a good team, but I don't think those pieces have quite been together long enough. Sauce Gardner's in his second year. Garrett Wilson's in his second year. Quinnen Williams is still relatively young. The line... Everybody keeps talking about Dwayne Brown and Makai Becton. Is, and when I, I hear those names, just go, uh-uh, nuh-uh, ain't no way. Aaron Rodgers is 40. If Aaron Rodgers was 27, maybe I'd feel a little better about the line being kind of, oop, let me do an edit. Okay, jump back in in three, two, 
one. I hear the names Makai Becton and Dwayne Brown, and I just don't feel like this is like that's. I just go no, no, this is this is not gonna work. Like, I I can't believe in that group. I don't know, even know the interior alignment's names. I could look it up, but I don't even need to. I know they're they're okay. They're decent. They're pretty good. But I just can't do it. I can't put my faith in the Jets. I can't put my faith in a bad O-line. I've seen it. I watched the Chiefs for multiple years. First, we had a good O-line with Fisher and Schwartz as our tackles, and they both, when they were hurt. And then I watched the next year where the line was shit, and we sucked as a the offensive line as a unit sucked and now I see a team with a great offensive line specifically the interior and how much different watching games with a good offensive line is and I I have a tough time thinking that they'll they'll be a great team they'll be a good team they'll be bottom tier good you got great you got good you got average you got bad they'll be sandwiched somewhere in between average and good simply simple simple as that but hard knocks is awesome man like it's awesome they've got guys with great personalities and it's fun to watch and it's really compelling this year with the aaron Rodgers aspect of it but it's gonna be a tough sell to to get me to believe in them as a winning football team as a winning organization even watching Robert Sala on episode two where he's chewing out the O-line kind of to me shows that he he sees something the same way I kind of see it where it's we're not there yet we're just yeah, we got Aaron Rodgers, but we're just still not there all the way. And it was the same thing, the same feeling of when the Chiefs had Alex Smith, where we had all these guys. The defense is amazing. Jamal, Charles, Dwayne, Bo, Travis Kelsey coming into his own. And uh, it just something just isn't right. Something just doesn't work quite well. We got a, we got a, one of the tires just isn't aired up just quite enough, so turns feel funny. Like that's the, that's the territory I feel like the Jets are in, where somebody, somebody made dinner, but they, uh, they, they put a, an ingredient in there, and now everything tastes kind of funny. Like it's good, it's good, and it's edible, and I'll eat the whole thing, but. Ah, it, what what what'd you do to it? What is missing something? And that's what I think we're gonna see with the Jets all year long. And Hard Knocks will create a bubble around this team where people will want to, and Aaron Rodgers, where people will be tuned in to watch this. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope they're amazing because that would be great. Just a great storyline. <laughs> Just Aaron Rodgers is on fire again, taking over the world. Ten years later, 40 years old, just lighting the world on fire. That would be great. I would love that. Just to see a guy 
go through his highs, win the Super Bowl on top of the world, kind of just drift along and be great and then just come back on fire. And that would be awesome. But not everybody gets to be Tom Brady, man. (laughs) Everybody can't have the same trajectory as Tom Brady, man. Like, some guys are just okay. Some guys are just good. Some guys are just okay. Some guys, you know, kind of like, I hate to say it, but Dak Prescott. It's the same way I feel about Dak Prescott. And that brings me into my next topic. I, I, can we please... just stop with the Cowboys can we please stop doing this every single year I understand it's one of the biggest markets in America one of the biggest or probably the biggest not probably it is the biggest fan base of a football team in Northern America the Dallas Cowboys fans And I don't even want to dump on you. I don't. I just want to point out certain aspects of this that you guys have to understand. And I know coming from a Chiefs fan, it's like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. But look at this, guys. 2016 was almost seven years ago. You hear me? Can you hear me? 2016 was seven years ago. Guys, it's over. Just like Philly fans and basketball, the process is over. It's done, guys. Dax cooked. Injuries. Let's start back from the beginning. When it started, people like Skip Bayless, I think, created some of this hype, right? Where Tom Brady-esque, the next great, quarterback Dak has not lived up to any of that hype okay now I understand let's go through some of this right the Cowboys in 2016 Tony Romo goes down what in a preseason game something like that hold on let me look this up sorry The Cowboys have been just rolling along, doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. So 2016, where is it at? Okay, Dak starts. Because Tony Romo goes down in the preseason. Let's look at the numbers here. 3,600 yards, 23 touchdowns, 4 interceptions. And Skip Bayless and some other people go on and say, Dak is the next great Cowboys quarterback. He's going to lead us to a Super Bowl. Look at the team we have. We got Zeke. We got uh, Dez. 
We got Cole Beasley. We got uh, the greatest offensive line of the last 15 years. <laughs> We've got a top-tier defense that, to be fair, at the time was getting older, but... We've got a top of the line, not not elite defense, but we've got a, a top half of the league defense. And yet go into the playoffs with Dak and losing the divisional round to Green Bay. And at that point, I understand, right, what's going on. You've got hope for the future, okay? You're hopeful for the future. That's awesome. I get that. And I wish, back then I would have wished for Dak Prescott too, but I just want to point out that every year since then, Cowboys fans and media and people have set up here and said, this is t- this year, the Cowboys have the best roster in the league. The Cowboys have the best roster in the league since 2016. Do you hear me? 2016. Do you know how ridiculous that is? And then let's look at the records, okay, for those years. The next year, 9-7. and seven. The next year, 10-6. and six. Losing a divisional round. The next year, eight and eight. The next year, six and ten. And then 2021, 12 and five. 2022, 12 and five. Losing a divisional round. Losing a wild card round. That's what this is. That's who the Cowboys are. Now, to me, that's just, it's just simple as that. To me, it's a simple thing. The team has always been awesome. You've had awesome talent. You've had mediocre coaching, but to me, sometimes, if you have a team so great, coaching is you don't have to necessarily have the greatest coaches in the world, okay? Like it's not you can you can overcome that for sure. But the whole thing to me it all comes down to one guy, Dak Prescott. Okay? It's simple, right? Since 2016, okay? The Cowboys have two a uh, two Playoff wins. Do you know who else has two playoff wins since 2016? The Houston Texans. Okay. <laughs> Here, like, okay, you understand? You get it? You got the Browns, Colts have one. You have one more playoff win in seven years than the Browns, Colts, and Texans. Does that feel is that great? Does that feel good? Right? Like, it is so crazy to me. It's Dak. Let's go. Let's go over some of this stuff, okay? To me, the fact that 
people don't look at this the same way is crazy, right? Because on one hand, let's just go, let, let me just, let me run through some of this, okay? Completion percentage, 66.8%. Passing yards per attempt, 7.6 yards. Yards per game, 261, right? Passer rating. 97.8. Those are pretty good, right? Those are pretty good stats. They're in line with a good quarterback. Those are Kirk Cousins stats. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now let's look at Dak. 66 completion percent. 7.6 yards per attempt. 257 yards per game less than Kirk Cousins. Passer rating, 97.8, the exact same for their entire career. Okay, no, but (laughs) Dak's not Kirk Cousins because he can run, right? Of course, he can run. He's not Kirk Cousins. He can run. And I would answer back to you with that with, 4.7 4.7 yards an attempt and 26 touchdowns versus 3.2 yards an attempt and 19 touchdowns. It's not that different. It's not that far off, guys. He's Kirk Cousins. If Kirk Cousins played for the Cowboys, the Cowboys fans would want him out. They'd want him gone. But because he's Dak Prescott, he gets to live off of the hype. The the idea of future. Right? That's what it really is. That's the reality. Is that we're still living on Dak Prescott's hype for the future. Guys, he's 30. He's 30 years old now. It's over. Four more years of it? Five more years? Kirk Cousins is still Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has been Kirk Cousins since the same, basically the same amount of time, 2015. 2015, Kirk Cousins has put up 4,000 yards and 25 touchdowns every year since 2015. With With essentially between, there's a couple years with single digits, but Mostly it's 10 and 13 interceptions. Okay? Dak, since 2016, has put up 3,000 yards and roughly 20 touchdowns. Guys. Dak is just Kurt Cousins with a tan. (laughs) That's it. He lives in Dallas. On the biggest team in the like one of the biggest markets in the country. And he gets to live off the opposite effect is Kirk Cousins had no expectations coming in and overachieved. And Dak Prescott, because of his starting year and how amazing the talent was on the team, he has high expectations. But they're both the same thing. They're game managers. Take it from a guy who watched Alex Smith for seven years he's a game manager Dak's a game manager 
And people love saying, oh, but Dak ran and he hurt his ankle. That's why he doesn't run anymore. But does this sound like I want you to I want you to look at this. 282 yards, six touchdowns, 357 yards, six touchdowns, 305 yards, six touchdowns, 277 yards, three touchdowns, injury, 146 and one touchdown, 182 and one touchdown. Okay. Those are Dak Prescott's running numbers. All right. Now I want you to look at this. Okay. <laughs> 97 yards and two touchdowns, 115 yards and one touchdown, 156 yards and one touchdown. This is Kirk Cousins' rushing yards for the past three years. He's Kirk Cousins, guys, and he never was that much better than than Kirk Cousins. And it's simply that if the Cowboys want to be good, it's time to hit the reset button. That's the problem with the Cowboys for the past 30 years is Jerry Jones is afraid to hit the eject button, feel the pain, and start over. That's it. You need a new quarterback. You need fresh blood. You got it. You have you have the you have the building blocks of a great future team. But you don't got the quarterback. You have the exact formula of the Chiefs, you got a good old line. You got an amazing who can't player defensive player of the year candidate in Micah Parsons. You've got pieces in the secondary, Trayvon Diggs, Leighton Vander Esch in the linebacking core. You've got CD Lamb, Brandon Cooks, you got Tony Pollard, Deuce Vaughn looks like a guy. Okay, it's time to move on from Dak you should right now be working on moving into the next phase spending the next two to three years looking at a quarterback bringing a guy in in the first round second round bringing that guy in putting him under Dak and getting him ready to go get him ready to go because it's over guys the 2016 Cowboys and this whole Best talent in the league and all. It's over with. Hit the reset button. Start it over. Now. Before you're forced to. That's it. That's what you got. The Chiefs set the formula up for you right there. Okay. Bring in a quarterback. Or bring in a, a, a coach. An offensive coach. Okay, bring in an offensive coach, bring him in, bring in a quarterback, send him behind Dak, and get ready for the future. Simple. All right, I'm going to take a break and get some coffee, and then I will be right back. And that is where you can place your ads. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, but speaking of quarterbacks, speaking of the future, right now we've got a load of guys that just came in, and I wanted to address something that I've been feeling about the new group of quarterbacks, and it's 
something I've over the past couple of years it has just been wild to see. I never thought I would see it, and now I understand why I never thought I would see it. Okay, <laughs> and that's the fact of small quarterbacks. Okay, it's not working, guys, and I I feel like now we can get past it, get over it, and realize that. A guy cannot be 5'8 and play quarterback in the NFL, and I really have a bad feeling watching Bryce Young in the preseason. There's no version of this where I feel like it really works, right? We've seen Kyler. Okay, Kyler's super fast, and he's basically because of just his speed and the unreal movement that he has, right? That has basically kept him out of harm's way, kept him from taking those big shots, kept him from just like essentially being Tua, okay? That's the that's the real thing because the next guy that we have here is Tua, and Tua has to be one of the scariest cases of just seeing a quarterback ever, right? Because I watched that that game. I think it was uh, it was the Bengals where he just got completely knocked the fuck out, for lack of a better term. He got laid out. Okay, like this guy. I don't even. How tall is Tua? Is is he five ten? Is he five ten? Like like. I'm I'm a small guy. I'm 5'8", right? Problem there is I'm 230 pounds, 240 pounds, okay? They got Tua listed at 6'1". Is Tua really 6'1"? That doesn't seem right, man. He's 6'1". Two, there's no way. <laughs> There's no way, bro. There's no way. 6-1. Wow. He's the same height as Jalen Hurts. That doesn't even... That makes zero sense to me. Tua seems like he's... Like he's 5'8". Like he's, like he's the same size as... He looks the same size as, as a Kyler or Bryce Young or whoever, like... To me, it looks the exact same. Maybe it's just Jalen is just so much bigger. Just He's just more of a wider guy. That it just seems a little less, less crazy. But no, come, uh, come on. Looking at a picture here. Yeah, and what do they got Mac Jones listed at then? Because Mac Jones look like he's a solid three inches taller than both of them. Because that picture of them, of them standing, all three of them standing alike, they got Mac Jones at 6'3". So that, <laughs> all right. So we can let's say I feel like it's safe to say two is 5'11", 210 pounds, two probably two hundred pounds. It's it's not working, guys. Like his is is a different level just because of the concussions 
make it a little scarier, right? But I feel like we're just getting into the era of where six foot, six one, five eleven is gonna start being more of a norm. But I worry about a lot of those guys. I think Bryce Young, CJ Stroud is gonna be if they struggle and they if those guys don't do good and Kyler can't bounce back and Tua gets hurt again, I think we're gonna be at the end of the run of the small quarterback guy and we're gonna go back to the traditional you gotta be six three and up. You know what I mean? Like you you gotta be six three and up type of guys because if you really look at it, I mean Pat Pat might be the exception and I think maybe that's where a lot of this is coming from. But uh because Pat's what is he just he's just he probably clocks into just barely six two. Just just probably barely six two, right? Let's see, let's look up his combine. Combine height. Measuring it six two and one fourth. Yeah, plus the hair. So yeah, he's probably realistically he's probably slightly under six two. He's probably, you know, six one and seven eighths type of type of shit. So it's like the but that's Pat. Pat also is 250 pounds. <laughs> like that's the other side. Like he's not a he's not a small guy, right? Like we're we're talking about a a, a pretty hefty fella. No way. They got Pat listed at 225. That's a crock of shit. So you're trying to tell me that Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes are the same size? Stop it. Stop it, bro. Pat Patrick Mahomes is a lot bigger than Aaron Rodgers. Either way, okay? Regardless, this isn't the way to go. Pat is Pat, all right? Drew Brees was Drew Brees, okay? There, I'm sure there are some guys that will come along and and fit into this same mold. Caleb Williams is 6'1". You know, like, this is going to be a thing, and it's okay, but I think... If they don't flash and show their greatness, just where the layman person, like the person that doesn't even pay attention and look deeply into details of football and all that, can just see that guy's good. Who is that guy is really good. He plays quarterback really well. Just avoid these small guys. Bryce Young, when I see Bryce Young, I don't see it. I see great ball placement. Excuse me. I see amazing ball placement, right? I don't see a guy with a strong arm, right? I don't see a guy who's lightning fast and can escape and get away. He can. He can do those things. Don't get me wrong. He's quick. He can do it. He. It's just like Tua. Tua can do this stuff, but it, they're not Kyler, right? They don't have the... It's weird because they don't have the genius of the creativity of Mahomes. They don't have the strength in running of a Jalen Hurts. So you just got guys that can 
kind of move a little bit and kind of have just a strong enough arm to to put balls in a good spot, right? But you don't necessarily have the wow, like, wow, look at that throw. Like, I, I don't really see that that often with a Bryce Young, right? I don't see a lot of, wow, look at that. Look at the throw. Like, I don't see a lot of, I see a guy who's really good. He's, he's really good for being 5'10". Five, being, let's be honest, being 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, it's pretty good. And you can live off pretty good, but I don't think you can live off pretty good and just be 5'10". I think that's where it gets scary, okay? As I just talked about, Dak, really good. Kirk Cousins, really good. They're not great. They're not amazing, right? They're really good. And they're also both 6'3". Right, I think Dak six four, like Kirk Cousins. Let's see Kirk Cousins height because I hate to keep dragging Kirk Cousins because after watching that quarterback thing, he does seem to be an automatic. Kirk Cousins is six three, Dak Prescott is six four, Joe Burrow six four, Tom Brady six four, right? Uh, yeah, Trevor Lawrence six six, Peyton Manning six six, Ben Big Ben six six, right? Josh Allen six five six six, like. You can Eli Manning six four six five like you can get you can be good and big you can be great and small but you, I don't think I don't I don't think I don't even off the top of my head I don't think I can think of a guy who was pretty good and small and had a great long career. I, I, and that to me is where I think we're getting into this weird mode of drafting these small guys because they look good in college, right? I think Kyler Murray's work because when you're seeing Kyler Murray, you go, that guy is so fast and so quick on his cuts and everything that it looks fake. And he's 5'8". And he has the arm of a baseball guy. Okay? To me, that made sense. It flashed. Bryce Young didn't flash to me. C.J. Stroud didn't flash the greatness. Right? When I went back, when the first time when we when the Chiefs drafted Patrick Mahomes, and I went back and watched his highlights, I went, oh. you telling me this guy that I just watched run left, jump, throw the ball, sidearm a ball 60 yards on the dot, you go, oh, okay. That's that's different, right? Like, that's a great, that's flashes. When I see Joe Burrow just three-step drop, 300-pound SEC defenders in his face just flick a ball up to Jamar Chase and put it right on the money where only Jamar can get it. Wow. Touchdown. We're talking about flashes of greatness, and I do not see that with Bryce Young. I see Bryce Young throws a pretty ball and has great ball placement, 
but I don't know how far that can take you today. And C.J. Stroud, it's tough. It's tough because he's kind of in the same boat where he doesn't look amazing ever. I don't ever see C.J. Stroud and go, this guy looks amazing. With anything, with the throwing ability, he's just good, average. He's okay. Pretty good. Looks pretty good for an NFL like quality. And that, to be fair, compared to me, like these guys are the fucking greatest of all time. I'm not. I don't even want to sit up here. But as an as somebody just that watches a lot of football, just watched football the entire life. That like. When I see C.J. Stroud, I see a ceiling of, like, a Donovan McNabb-esque. Or just, like, get him in a good system, get him going, and and if he can just figure out the playbooks and all this, he can be good. He can be good on a good team. But he'll be bad on a bad team, and that's where he's at right now. He's, he's, he's water, right? I think that's who C.J. Stroud is going to be. He's just going to be water. If you get him on, a, he's, he'll be good with good pieces, and he's going to be bad with bad pieces. And that's what it's going to be. And then Anthony Richardson is the antithesis of my the whole conversation with these guys. 6'4", 250, 245-ish. What do you run? 4'3"? Like... This is the opposite of that. But also are the are the the arm is the arm talent the arm talent is there. Same thing where you where I I feel like his flashes make you go whoa. And I feel like right now we're in an era where those flashes almost mean more because of the way People are are able, like God, coaches are able to develop guys now. That those flashes mean more to me watching than just a solid, steady guy who just, I like Bryce Young, who just, I'm, who's just pretty good. He's good. He's good. He's pretty good. He can do all these things, and he's pretty good. And and that's where it stops, right? And with Anthony Richardson, I think you see a different level where his his skill in running the ball hits a different RPM where you go, wow, this guy is blazing fast, strong, can run through tackles, right? You can't arm tackle this guy. It's not happening. There's no, ain't no shoelace tackles on Anthony Richardson. It's not happening, okay? The guy is too powerful of a runner and also too fast, right? And... The arm, where you see it, it's the same type of thing where you just see him kind of flick his wrist and it goes for 50, goes for 60, and you go, oh, okay. He just had that highlight. Same thing with Pat, where it was the same thing where well, every anytime I see a guy that can do that type of stuff, it, it, it really, to me, starts to set them apart a little bit. When I He had that crazy where he jumps and throws it in the air 70 yards. And I remember seeing in the comments somebody being like, but yeah, what does that have to do with being in the game? Uh, Well, everything, because guess what? 
if you can jump and do that, then you can step into a throw and do that with ease without even thinking about it, okay? We're talking about a guy who can roll outside and just flick his wrist for 60, okay? That's, it's different. It's different. You put a hat on this guy, and he you might bounce off him. You put a hat on Bryce Young, and you might end his, his season. You might end the game, right? You might end his career. And I hate saying this. I hate saying it like that, but... That's why I, I have a tough time believing in the smaller quarterbacks right now without seeing the high, high, ridiculous level flashes of greatness, okay? And I just, I, it's, it's tough. tough. It's, it's tough, tough for me to believe in right, right now. now. Um, and, you know, I hope, I hope I'm wrong. I really I hope I'm wrong on on these guys and this can be the future of the game but it's it's hard to see it going that way right now. It's hard, especially when it's just been the opposite of that. So another thing before I get out of here, I I'm going to touch on another thing that's hard to see anything any different version of is is the running back market right now, right? I feel bad for these guys. Uh, running back, my favorite position, my one of my my basically you know one of my top five favorite players of all time was Adrian Peterson. Uh, LT was on the Chargers. I watched him. Uh, being a Chiefs fan, our local market would give us Chargers games all the time. Uh, LT, fucking even Curtis Martin. <laughs> I don't know why Clinton Portis. I loved Clinton Portis. Uh. You know, some like there's just guys, and now you have the Derrick Henrys, the Christian McCaffreys, uh, you got Josh Jacobs, Delvin Cook, and you just see, see, I understand what's what's going on in the market right now. These guys are pissed, right? But to me, I don't see why the market topping out at fifteen million ish. I don't see why it's that crazy. That's that's third string wide receiver money right now. Okay. There's no to me, there is no argument to be made why Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor should make less than Odell Beckham. Now I understand when people are like, oh, uh, running back, it's archaic, it's old school. We're moving to wide receivers, flash, bang, long plays, uh, you know what I mean? Efficiency, uh, analytics. Right, I get that, but also there's no reason Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor's, eh. uh, Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, like these guys, Dalvin Cook. I understand giving these older guys money. Uh, GMs and stuff feel like it's dangerous because of what's happened in the past, but also. Why would Josh Jacobs not make more than Odell Beckham Jr.? If you're looking at it from a simple business leverage perspective, that's what I would go with as a running back. There's no reason your third string, your backup, your second, your ex-slot receiver (coughs) 
should make more than your top-of-the-line, top-tier running back. If you're scared of injuries, then the argument would most would be, I feel like, would be more geared towards non-guaranteed, bigger non-guaranteed contracts to running backs that you can get out of with season-ending, career-ending injuries. That way guys can just bet on yourself. Hey, you can make $20 million, but you got to play every game, right? I think that's probably more of a realistic future for for the running back position. I think that's where the guys should probably lean more towards. That way you can get these bigger deals, get these higher-end numbers, and break through that market, right? Break into where you guys are trying to get, which is like top-tier receiver money from two or th- like from a year or two ago, twenty million. But I think that's the only way they're going to get there is from taking less guaranteed money, more incentive-laden deals, and betting on yourself and coming through. And if you don't, then you you know you understand and know why the team can accept it and be and feel great about it honestly hey we didn't the guy didn't perform he missed games we didn't have to pay him there you go you're gonna have a hard time selling normal people on that because i gotta go to work every day right i have to show up to work every day to get paid like or i'm on salary i gotta show up i have to go i have to work to get paid and that's gonna be the tough tough part to sell to regular people but you're not selling to regular people you're selling to gms so that'd be my argument. Give me a higher deal. Give me incentives. Give me a give me the whatever your base is. 10, 11 million if that's where it's at right now. Cool. How about how about we cut some of the guaranteed money? You bump that up to 15 and then we lace the rest of it with incentives. We lace 3, 4, 5 million of the rest of it with incentives. That way I can say, "Hey, I've made I I make 20 million a year." When in reality, you make 14, right? You, you're you guaranteed 10. You make 14, you're guaranteed 10. And you can get incentives up, up to 19, right? I think that's probably the version of running back contracts that will, that should be, they should be looking for going forward. Because I feel like that's where this should go. Like, let no more two and four and five year deals for running backs that's not going to happen right your second deal i think if we looking at it optimistically we could be looking at guys getting two to three year deals for a base of 11 12 13 of like guaranteed up to 20 with incentives at some point and i think that's what they should be looking for where it's like, hey, they're already shortchanging us. Let's just take the short, right? Take the short, take less guarantees, but risk, take the gamble of a higher end deal based off incentives and the nine guaranteed and that, that I'm going to play every game, right? For the next three years, two years, three years. And if you don't, then you don't and you get the base of what you would have got with the deals that they're trying to give out anyways. But that's just my perspective on it. And I, I think part of this 
change from the receive from running back being the most important to receiver being the most important. It's just natural progression of a game. It's the same as the NBA, right? Big bigs. We have three backup bigs to come in and foul Shaq, to foul Akeem, to foul uh, all these back to the basket guys that that were skilled, and we need to be able to have guys that can go in there and play defense. We need to have a guy then go in and give a foul. Now, you need a guard to be that. You need a guard. You need a backup guard to go in there and check Curry and give up a couple fouls and play defense and really, like basketball is getting to the point where you, we need guys to be able to switch. We need three to four guys, really five if possible, that can switch off onto everybody. And we can switch everything and cover the three-point line. And that's where we're getting here with football we're getting it's behind basketball a little bit but we're getting there where the game needs to be fast right quick pace throw the ball throw the ball run on short distance right you got the quarterbacks eating up some of the rushing yards now because of designed run plays rpos which i think rpos are starting to kind of go away a little more too just because guys are figuring that out and i think some of these running backs can just hold on, take some of these deals. I think that running back position is going to kind of come back around in a slightly different way where we'll, we're, we'll probably start seeing teams set up with the run again, especially when we have these smaller quarterbacks. Hey, let's set up the run and then go play action, right? Go quick, quick slants and in routes and quick, quick stuff on third and short. Instead of the Andy Reid, where hey, we're gonna pass first down, we're gonna pass second down, and then hopefully we can just do get a short run on third down, you know. And I think that's just created this environment where running backs are devalued, and it just is what it is. And I think that it will start to come back around a little more, where we'll see teams specifically to open up shotgun more. We're gonna see teams setting up the run to kind of counterbalance uh, just throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball, run sweeps and reverses and little tricky gadget plays. I think we'll start to see that more because I think running the ball on in, in, in shotgun will start to kind of change – the dynamic and the ability to run play action, run RPOs, open up uh, the secondary a little bit, force force more guys in the box, even in shotgun. I think that's kind of where the development of the running back will start to go eventually. But right now, it's tough for the guys, and uh, I feel bad because it's one of my favorite positions, and... It started to just go away and just kind of be less effective, and that's just how stuff goes. Yep, and that's, what are you going to do? Things change, right? <laughs> Everything changes eventually. And you just you move on. And, so that, and also, that's what I'm going to do now. We're going to move on to the end of the show. All right? And I want to thank anybody and everybody that listened. Uh... Next week, it's getting close to the regular season. And that's why I started this, because I want to get myself warmed up for the regular season. 
And uh, once the regular season gets rolling, I'll be coming and doing this probably once a week. Dropping on uh, either probably Tuesdays, I would imagine, would be the best so I can watch Sunday night or all Sunday, Monday night games. And then come in and drop the drop my podcast on Tuesday afternoons, Tuesday mornings, somewhere around there. And uh, I hope everybody and anybody that listens uh, enjoyed. And if you needed to... <laughs> if you needed to blow an hour and you're at work, which is where I list my podcast, so I fully understand needing something to listen to at work. I hope that uh, this got you through, and I'm glad that you listened and made it to the end. Shout out to you. Uh, follow me on all my socials. It's All my socials are at Carver2x which will most likely also be the name of this. And if you're listening to this, then you already know that. (laughs) So I hope you enjoyed this. And uh, next week, I'll be doing my Gridiron Grand Prix, accelerating to Allegiant Stadium, a.k.a. my NFL power rankings that'll be, you know, spiced up a little bit. So uh, I hope you enjoyed, and I will see you next time. See you.